Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Podcast, where we talk all things well-being, personal development, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. Hey, everyone. This is an off-the-cuff, behind-the-scenes share, if you will. Because I'm struggling with some stuff and I thought that, number one, it might be helpful for me to record this and just be transparent about the things that I struggle with. And number two, it might be an opportunity to share with you some of the things that I do when I'm feeling stuck. Just for some context, I have been planning on creating a new project for my ADHD community. And this one is specifically for anyone who's trying to build an online business. A lot of my clients that come to me are consultants or coaches or have some sort of a small business and they get stuck along the way because a lot of this work is executive function heavy, if you will. So I help them pull out their own thoughts. If you are somebody who struggles to execute based on self-motivation or self-induced deadlines or ambiguity around a project, then hopefully this will be helpful. It doesn't have to be entrepreneurial related, but this is with my entrepreneur clients in mind. With that context, as I mentioned, I am trying to build out a product for new entrepreneurs, and it's a roadmap for building in a way where you have to develop your own structure and your own accountability and bring something into the world that is currently nothing. That's the creative process. And it's not just about building something. It's about building something and not getting in your own way with a bunch of head trash. And that is why I hit record today because I sat down to start working on this project this afternoon and I just dealt with so much head trash coming into it that I thought, oh, this is a good moment for me to share when I'm in the thick of the crappy stuff and maybe I can work through it out loud and be of some value to all of you. So in terms of this project, the project itself, I have a date in my mind that I'd like to launch it mid-September. And I have an outline of the project. I know who my target audience is. It's somebody who is brand new to starting an online business or they just finished a coaching program and they want to launch a coaching business, they need a framework for launching the business. And I have that in mind. And I know where these people are in their journey. And I know what hangs them up. The reason I know what hangs them up is because I do a lot of one-on-one coaching with clients in that specific position. So they tell me about their pain points and where they get stuck. And also, I always invite people to share with me what pain points are they going through these days. And whenever somebody shares something with me, if I can, I'll make content out of it. But at the very least, I store it. I have an entire database of client pain points because the more I know what keeps my audience up at night, the more I can serve them with helpful tools. So that, I think, is just a little nugget for any of you who are thinking of getting into entrepreneurship or you're at the beginning stages of entrepreneurship. Make sure that whatever you're building is problem-focused. A lot of folks come into entrepreneurship with this idea of, I want to be a barefoot entrepreneur with the laptop or on the beach. The allure of being an entrepreneur and owning your own time is very sexy, but the reality is if you are leaving a corporate job because you want the lifestyle of an entrepreneur before you've ever given thought to the problem that you're looking to solve, 
I can guarantee it's probably not going to go the way you expect it to. And I speak from not just one episode of doing that, but several. So this is all from my own experience. Think about the problem you want to solve first. And I know that people say, oh, think about things that people come to you and ask you for. I don't find that very helpful because my friends don't call me up and say, hey, you seem to be somebody who's really good with ADHD. Tell me what you think about this. But what I do think is really important is to see something that needs to be fixed in the world or a problem and address it, right, with your business. Your business is a solution to a problem. And it can be something where there's a lot of other people solving that problem. That's fine. That's proof of concept right? The way you do it is going to be the way you do it. There's a million people out there coaching online entrepreneurs, but I coach to a specific audience of ADHDers or people with attentional issues who are a little ADD-ish, and they struggle to get started, and they struggle with creating structure, and they struggle with taking this massive idea that completely overwhelms them and building it into a plan. And I too struggle with that, which is where I'm at right at this moment. I am not great at taking a big idea and situating it into specific tasks because that is an executive function. It requires a lot of working memory to keep a lot of things in your head at once and then try to noodle them in your head and make sense of it. So that actually brings me to the first point, which is you've got to find ways to create structure for yourself where no structure exists. So in the video version of today's podcast, I walk through how I build structure in Notion for myself. I have a template that I use and that I also created for sale. It's specific to Notion. And I like Notion because it creates the structure I need while still giving me enough enough flexibility to work outside of the lines. If you're not familiar with Notion, it's a productivity tool slash working ecosystem. So it's like Microsoft Word and Excel meets uh, Asana or your favorite you know, task app, if you will. It's everything you could possibly want. And I like using Notion because I don't need to jump out of it to do other things. I can do everything in Notion from planning to writing to scheduling to all the things. That is where I create my structure, but you're gonna need to figure out what works well for you in terms of structure. And a structure not only in terms of when are you gonna book the time to do this and what's the best time on your calendar, external structure. I'm also talking about process structure where when you have a big task, something that you wanna bring into the world that doesn't exist, or maybe it's a big task like taxes, something that we all have to do. How do you break that down in a way that makes sense for you? When I do taxes throughout the year, as I get different pieces of paper that are tax stubs or whatever, I have one basket and I throw all of it in there. And for the 1099s and things that I get online, I have one folder in my Gmail where I keep everything in there. When it comes into tax season, I know that there's two places where I can access all of my materials. And then from there, the process then begins gathering them, printing them out or scanning them and putting them in Dropbox from my accountant. So I have a structure there. And the same applies to anything that you want to do in life. If you just start without any structure, maybe that works for you. But personally, I find that can just lead to overwhelm because when you start something and you have absolutely no path to completion, it gets really complicated. So that's my first point for you. And on that, when it comes to completion and outlines, before you even start said thing, 
Be very clear about number one, why you're doing it, who you're doing it for, and how you feel about doing it. So when it comes to creating a project that, you know, is either a business project or something at work, you're doing it for, let's say, your boss or your peers or your customers. And there's a good reason for doing it because it's been requested of you. So there's no ambiguity there. But when you're doing something that's entirely on your own, whether it's a project in your business or, let's say, a design project in your house, why are you doing it? What's the ROI of that? And what's the payoff? And the reason why it's so important to get clear on those things up front is because at some point along the line, if you know yourself well, as I know myself, you're going to want to poop out. And if you don't have a compelling reason to finish, it will not get finished. So I highly encourage you to really think about that before you get started. And if it's something like taxes where you have to do it, build in some support mechanisms that will get you to completion, whether that means outsourcing the entire thing or whether that means you doing 80% of it and then having somebody else help you with the last 20%. If you're the type of person that can take something to the 80% mark and then you have a tendency to drop it, get to know yourself and where your weak points are so that you can build that structure in for yourself. And like I said, also always start with an outline, whether that's an outline for your taxes, all of the digital tax receipts go in this folder, all of the paper tax receipts go in that basket, that's an outline. And then you have a date on the calendar of when you need to reconcile everything. You have a date of when it needs to get to your accountant et cetera, et cetera. So there's an outline there. Maybe your accountant can give you something of this is all the deliverables that I need. And then of course, commit to a schedule of work that doesn't allow for extensive breaks. This is the problem that I had with this particular project that I've been working on. Because I took such a long break from it, I got really inspired to start it. I created the outline. I started building it out. And then I took a big pause from it because I had some travel and other things coming up. And then it wasn't until about four weeks later that I was actually coming back to it. And at that point, I completely disconnected myself from the project. I didn't know what I had written. And when I first just gazed at it, like the first page of it, I'm like, oh, this is just crap. So I needed to reacquaint myself with everything that I had done so far so that I could realize, oh, yeah, this is actually pretty good. And then remember who it's for, why I'm doing it, and you know what the reason is. Because Again, that, like I said, when you don't have a compelling why to get things done, it's really easy to take those opportunities where things get hard to just drop the project, especially when there's nobody waiting for it. But in my mind, if I'm thinking about the clients that I know would benefit from this and I'm thinking about them rather than me, I can keep going because it's when I turn the tables on me. Who do you think you are to do this? you don't know anything. Like I can get in my own head trash all the time and it's really hard to climb out of that. But if I'm thinking about that client, I'm not involved in my own head trash. I'm thinking about them. So that idea of always looking for something that's bigger than you is a really good point to think about when you tend to get it in your own head and then stop doing something. Another thing that's worth pointing out is knowing how you process things. The people that come to me for one-on-one -on -one coaching they're verbal processors, right? Like they probably journal, maybe they don't, but they know that in order for them to really get clear on their own thoughts, they need an objective person to listen to them and ask them skillful questions to get them where they need to go. If you are a verbal processor, it's really important that you have that mechanism in place. You don't need a coach. Maybe it's a friend or somebody in your life who's not going to have an agenda 
around whatever it is you need to verbally process because you don't want them leading you down a particular path. Or maybe you voice record yourself talking or you voice record with a friend just to get your thoughts out of your mouth because that's how you process. Personally, I'm not so much a verbal processor. I am a written processor. So whenever I need to think through things, I need to write them down. And then if it's a big project, like we're talking about here, I need to start with an outline of titles and subtitles. And then before I even get into the meat and potatoes of each of those outlines, I then need to back out and create a visual. I don't always do this, but if it's a big project that I need to continuously come back to, I need a visual roadmap. In the video that uh, I produced on the same topic, I shared inside the uh, file that I've been working on where I actually went into Canva and created the roadmap of an entrepreneur, all the various different stages. And it's just a squiggly line of a roadmap and then all of the points of the various different modules that I'm creating. And the reason I did that was that it, first of all, solidifies the steps and outline that I created, but it also gives me a visual to connect with right away. Because one of the problems of stepping away from a project for too long and forgetting about it and disconnecting it from it is that if you don't have those visuals there, it gets really hard to emotionally connect, especially if you are somebody who connects to things visually. So I am, like I said, somebody who processes through words and also pictures. So that's how I build out my projects. And I find that really helpful. And another thing you might want to consider doing if you are somebody who really struggles to follow through on things, whether they're things that are self-imposed uh, goals or things that you need to deliver because you're an adult, look for opportunities to create radical structure for yourself. This is not just an ADHD thing. I remember listening to a Thomas Frank video. He's this guy on YouTube who talks about productivity and notion and stuff. And he has pretty radical boundaries uh, set out for himself to complete a project where I think he gave his friend a lump sum of money. And he said, do not give me this money back until I deliver on the milestones that I'm setting out here. And every day he had to deliver on those milestones or he would lose a portion of this substantial fund of money that he gave to his friend. Maybe that's not the way you want to do something, but I just thought it was really interesting that this guy who's about as neurotypical as you can get is also as committed to his goals that he is willing to create radical boundaries. And I've also talked about one of my coaching instructors who said she had a spending problem such that she actually had somebody else manage her money and she got an allowance from her own paycheck, which she could then spend on the things that she obsessively liked to spend on. Now, Obviously, you need to have somebody in your life you really trust if you're willing to give them access to all of your funds, but that's what worked for her. And then one other thing to point out about radical structure and accountability, it can be a really good idea to have somebody in your court that is aware of the project and is expecting updates, right? So it doesn't have to be a formal relationship like a coach or a mentor. It's good if it's that way, but as long as it's somebody that you know is in your court and hoping to see you succeed and is also somewhat neutral on the outcome that they don't have an invested interest in it, then sharing your updates with that person who knows you and or that you're paying to be your accountability buddy, it raises the stakes and it makes it a little bit more meaningful and important. And the funny thing is just as I'm sharing this, I got a little emoji text from one of my current clients and it's a little bicycle because she texts me every time she does her spinning in the morning. So it's so funny that popped up as I was having this thought. Make sure it's somebody who is rooting for you and that 
you have a vested interest in that relationship such that you wouldn't want to let yourself down or you wouldn't want to let them down. So again, random stranger on the internet, probably not the best idea, but somebody that you have an invested relationship with can be very helpful. And there's one last thing that I want to say on all of this, and that is that energy flows where attention goes. So if you are not getting something done, that means you're not pouring energy into it. And if you're not pouring energy into it, very likely you're not paying attention to actually getting it done. You might be paying attention to how you're not getting it done, but that needs to shift. Instead of spending a lot of time and energy thinking about getting it started or why haven't you gotten it started, that is just such a waste of your precious genius. Instead, if you can put your attention on just doing the smallest thing to get started and keep your attention there, just on the small steps, just on the tiny steps towards momentum, then you're going to find that your attention will stay on that and things that are in motion stay in motion, right? This is physics. It's not just woo-woo. So where your attention goes, energy flows. If you're putting your attention on getting the thing done, if you're taking your attention off of the head trash about whether or not it's going to be any good and you just do the thing step after step. For those of you who know Anne Lamont, bird by bird, that is how this process gets done. And you will find at some point, if you can keep those small micro level movements going, it'll start to snowball and you will increase your capacity to get the thing done, your interest in getting the thing done. And eventually you will get the thing done. Just start with the attention, the why, and know where you're aiming, have an outline, know how you like to process things, be able to breadcrumb when you need to step away so that you can come back, know exactly where you are and hit the ground running and just keep the small momentum going, even if you only have two minutes a day to focus on something. So on that note, guys, I hope this was helpful. And also stay tuned on this program that I'm developing, whether you're an entrepreneur or not. I really want to share the process of actually building it because like you, I struggle to bring things into the world when there's no consequences or it's not an emergency or nothing's on fire. But the best way to create is from a place of intentional action day after day, knowing that it's not about me, it's for a greater reason. So thanks again for listening, guys. I will see you next week. I hope that you have a wonderful rest of the week. Talk to you soon. Do you struggle with way too many ideas and no clear plan of getting any of them done? Is overwhelm paralyzing you from moving forward with your dreams and goals? Well, you're not alone, my friend. That was me too for the first 50 years of my life. But once I had my diagnosis and a concrete reason for my lack of follow through, I went ham on trying to find a way to manage it. And that is exactly what I did. Today, I am organized, I'm thoughtful about what I take on, and I am living my best ADHD life as a result. Now, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it is intentional, it's consistent, and I have a lot more peace because of it. And I want that for you too. Distraction to Action is my short, fun productivity bootcamp designed especially for the ADHD brain. It is loaded with ideas and tools based on the latest research on how our neurodivergent brains work, and it can help you unlock your own ADHD brain so that you can focus on what's most important and finally follow through on your juiciest goals. Find a link to the program in the show notes or go to itsadhdfriendly.com forward slash D2A. That's letter D, number two, letter A, which stands for Distraction Action. Head there now to get your focus on and become a follow-through ninja. Now back to the show. 
Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.